It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. Yes, I am Don Crawford Jr., the owner of KAAM Radio and the appreciative host of this program, actually co-host, and I sit virtually with my co-host, the attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. How are you doing, Don? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. Now, when I say the, I mean quintessential, I mean ultimate, I mean, definitive attorney. I hope you understand that's what I mean by the, just like the Ohio State University. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking about. It's just like <laughs> the Ohio State University or the University of Texas. I wasn't really sure, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm not sure that I want to be put in that category, but I appreciate the, uh, Good. the honor. Well, they call it, um, what's it, not poetic license or something like that, where the speaker, the communicator can say that because that's the way he feels. And I appreciate your humility. You've always been that way since the day I met you, goodness, eight years ago, nine years ago, and uh, nothing's changed even in 2022. But things do change all the time, Michael. And you talk to me and the audience about that constantly to make sure we're aware of current uh, amendments that are going on around us, um, current legislation that's being proposed or enacted, et cetera, et cetera. And today you wanted to address some of that regarding veterans and veterans' benefits. I'm going to talk about, an, in particular, a benefit that a lot of people are not aware of, uh, but is a benefit nonetheless that uh, many people take advantage of uh, if they are a veteran uh, in who served during wartime. Um, yeah, you know, most people, as we've talked about on many shows, uh, have inadequate or no long-term care insurance. So when they need care, whether they're homebound or whether they go into assisted living or memory care or perhaps a nursing home, then they often find themselves seeing the cost of care is very high, very steep, and they say, how am I going to get anybody else to help pay for that because Medicare doesn't? And one of the benefits that even uh, non-service-connected disabled uh, veterans might get uh, is a pension benefit that is available to either them or their surviving spouse. Uh, and But there are, just like there are for other public benefits programs, there are eligibility requirements. So uh, and the reason why we're mentioning this today is because the Every year, they come up with new figures, and of course, it increases with inflation, the consumer price index, et cetera. So now for 2022, the new amounts have been announced, and so I thought I would kind of tell you what those amounts were and what they are and let some people, especially if they're a wartime veteran 
uh, or if they are the widow or widower of a wartime veteran, so that they can know about this benefit that is a secret to many, uh, but is getting to be more known as time goes by. So it's a pension benefit that, first of all, the person, the let's say the uh, military veteran, I say military veteran, doesn't mean that you had to go to war overseas. You just had to serve during wartime. Now, wartime is defined by uh, the Veterans Administration maybe a little bit different than most people would realize because uh, they have a different time frame as to the actual end of a particular war. So, for example, even though World War II may have ended in 1945, uh, under the VA definition of wartime, it's December 31st, 1946. They still had troops overseas, etc., and so they define that as wartime. Uh, Vietnam uh, uh, depends on if you were boots on, as they say, overseas, or if you were just, you know, cooking Galveston. Uh, if you were uh, not in boots on between 62 and 64, which means boots on the ground, uh, then that would be a veteran uh, of Vietnam. Uh, or if you were not in Vietnam, then but you served during the Vietnam conflict. In other words, let's say you were that cook in Galveston between 64 and 75, then that would be a wartime veteran, even though you never served in Vietnam. As long as you were served at least one day during that time frame, uh, out of at least 30 days, but uh, during wartime, uh, one day had only one day during wartime, that is, uh, then you could meet that definition of wartime. Or if you had died, uh, not necessarily not from combat activity, but uh, you had a Vietnam vet died and they had a surviving spouse, then that surviving spouse would also be entitled to a benefit, assuming they meet the criterion, which is a non-service-connected disability. So uh, let's say that um, somebody, oh, we still see, I guess the most of the ones we see now are are either Korean War vets or their surviving spouse, but still some uh, World War II and certainly some Vietnam now as time goes by. Uh, let's say that somebody had didn't get injured during wartime but had a stroke, you know, in 2021 or 2022 uh, and were had to go to an assisted living facility and they had no long-term care insurance. Uh, if they did serve during that time frame and were not dishonorably discharged, then that person could be entitled to a benefit that the amount of the benefit depends on what your story is. So, for example, uh, if you were the veteran themselves and you were single, then the amount that you could get would be $2,050 a month that would help pay for care. And it would be a payment just like Social Security. So it just goes electronically right into your checking account. Uh, which would help pay for uh, either the care at home or in some sort of like assisted living or memory care or nursing home, uh, depending on what the facts of the situation may be. Uh, if you were a if you were married and you had a dependent, let's say a spouse, uh, then that would be uh, $2,431 a month that you get. And if you were the widow of a wartime veteran, then you would get $1,317 as of January 1st. I mean, and they were announced the numbers in December, 
2021, but since things are done in arrears, it just didn't come into play until this month. Hmm. So, so the reason for the so a lot of people, if they're you know the cost of care is great. If you go into some facilities, some nursing homes cost over ten thousand dollars a month, and average one costs like seven thousand. And most people don't have that rate of income, uh, or they don't have much. Uh, you know, they don't have unlimited assets, and the cost of care is too great. So mm-hmm. uh, they have a different set of rules than, let's say, Medicaid that we've talked about on shows from time to time. And, of course, all of our shows are – we have podcasts of all of our shows, uh, which you can get on our website at DallasElderLawyer.com. I don't know if the radio station has podcasts as well, but we do, and of all of our shows at least – and uh, so if you're interested in that or if anyone's interested in that, certainly they could listen to any one of those podcasts. But today uh, we're talking about veterans benefits. And the reason why we're talking about this is it helps subsidize the cost of care. But they have these requirements. One of those things, as we said, is you had to serve during wartime. You had to not be dishonorably discharged. And most people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there are these different financial requirements. Now, unlike Medicaid, it's not really income test. Uh, they do look at your income, but if you have medical expenses that exceed your income, then it doesn't count as an asset. So unlike Medicaid, Veterans Benefits looks at your income, but if there's an offset, and generally I just mentioned that the cost of care is thousands of dollars a month, so most people don't have Social Security or pension it's more than the cost of a care facility. Uh, so as a result, it's an offset. If it, if it um, were greater, then it would count as an asset. So let's say you're at home and somebody uh, paid some sort of caregiver, uh, then it could be that the amount that you paid the caregiver was less than whatever your income was, and then it would be considered an, an asset. And then the asset limit uh, so there is an asset limit of one, as of January 1st, basically, uh, even though it was announced in December, is $138,488, but who's counting? <laughs> right. uh, so the uh, certain things don't count, like your home, if it's less than two acres, uh, doesn't count. Uh, a car doesn't count. You know, a funeral doesn't count. Your personal property items do not count. So sometimes people... Uh, if they're a little bit over that limit. So I talked with somebody just yesterday and they were just a little bit over the limit. And uh, one of the things we talked about was, okay, let's say you had 150,000 of countable resources. And we said, what if you bought a $15,000 car? Parent did not have a car. They could buy a car and then they would be below the limit. So it, so just like Medicaid and just kind of like bankruptcy, uh, it, there are certain things that count and certain things that do not count. So if you can, if you change something that counts, cash, into something that doesn't count, car, then uh, you could reduce your assets. And if you're below that asset limit and you meet all the other criterion, then the government will help pay that uh, care cost. So, uh, you know, those dollar amounts, depending on what the facts are. It doesn't matter if you're single or married, unlike Medicaid. Unlike Medicaid. So Medicaid, if you're single, uh, you have to have below $2,000. If you're married, it could be, well, there's a maximum limit, which is a little bit less than the 
VA limit, but it could be much greater depending on what your income is. So the rules are different uh, depending upon um, which even which Medicaid program you're dealing with. So there's 109 Medicaid programs, each with their own rules. I don't think we'll have that time to discuss those all today. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Uh, but, yeah, but just to let you know, that's why, you know, when you deal with public benefits, you, the rules are different, and so you have to know all these different types of rules uh, and see what's best. And a lot of times what may be best for one person is not best for another. So um, if we think that somebody has uh, a less life life expectancy and uh, and they were single uh, and they were wartime veteran, and it depends on the income. We may say you go for veterans' benefits. On the other hand, uh, if we thought there was a longer life expectancy and there was different planning opportunities, we may go for Medicaid because it may be a greater benefit. So it really, really depends. And so you have to kind of do your x-ray as to see what the facts may be because the rules are different. Even like on this protected resource amount uh, rule, uh, the amount that you can keep is different. Uh, for Medicaid versus VA. They even have a different factor, different inflation feature <laughs> that they look at, so it's slightly different. It was based on the Medicaid rules when they did these things on October 18, 2018, a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> the, uh, so you, you do you just have to look at the rules and see what is best. So, for example, Medicaid has a five-year look-back period on most Medicaid programs, but not all. Uh, on many of them, whereas VA has a three-year look-back period. In other words, they look back to see if you made transfers to get eligible to, for that benefit. Remember, I just mentioned that there's a, a asset limit of 138488 So if you say, oh, I'll just give away my assets, then I'll get below the limit. And that's what you could have done prior to October 18th of 2018, but that's no longer the case. And now there's a three-year look-back period, and they divide that, if you do make a gift, uh, by the average that the veteran would have gotten, which is that 2050 figure that I mentioned if you were single, to determine how many uh, months of ineligibility there might be. Although the date that they start the penalty, I know it gets kind of complicated, the date that they start the penalty is from the date that you make the gift, which is different than the Medicaid rules, which is the date from which you apply and are otherwise eligible. Oh, MG, these rules, there are a lot of different ifs and buts and, you know, whatever. <laughs> so um, you just have to get know about what those rules are. So sometimes people do some gifting to try to get below the limit, thinking that, the, the you know, the penalty will have expired. Sometimes people buy these things that do not count. But they have other things that they people used to do that they change that you can't do anymore, like on the Medi- on, unlike Medicaid, uh, you, you cannot buy any kind of annuity or you can't put things into a trust, uh, at least a trust that you can control uh, that would uh, uh, do the job. Although uh, if you have a home, we do use trust uh, if you're planning on selling the home. Because remember I mentioned to you before that a home doesn't count, but if you sell the home, uh, it becomes cash, and cash counts. So somebody could be a veteran that had less than 138488 plus a home, let's say, of 200000 or three, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what the home value is. If they sold that home, they could have not only lost eligibility, but they may have to pay the VA back something. So, um, so if you do, if you planned on selling the home, maybe you want additional things for 
whatever reason, then we do a certain type of trust where you put the home in a trust, which would not be a taxable event, at least initially. If you sell the home, we have it go to a different portion of the trust so it doesn't count as a resource for VA. So now we have it where you have certain tax advantages and you don't lose your VA benefit. This really is more important if a home was highly appreciated because remember if you uh, you may know that if you're single you could have a gain of up to $250,000 if you've lived there two out of the last five years without there being a capital gains tax if you're married up to $500,000. So if I had just given away a uh, home, which you could have done because under the VA rules, if you transfer and you're otherwise eligible, it's not a penalty, unlike the Medicaid rules. Oh, my goodness gracious, isn't there too many technicalities? Uh, in any event, you could do this in a way where you could create a trust so that you wouldn't lose, not only would you not lose VA benefits, but you wouldn't lose the tax benefit of being able to not pay capital gains tax. Becomes kind of less of an issue if there's been no appreciation. It makes perfect sense. Everything that you're you're presenting to the audience and me today, and I want the listeners to understand this is how Michael Cohen rolls. He's been this way probably since the day he was born, knowing him. But he's not about, um, say, for example, you owe the IRS uh, fifty thousand dollars, and they have these commercials that indicate that. If you meet with us, we'll make that debt go away. Well, but, you know, you're supposed to give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And Michael knows that. And Michael is not trying to backdoor or um, cut corners or break laws or rules. He simply understands what the laws are. And then he explains them to every listener so that they know exactly what they can and can't do legally, not any other way. So, well, if you declare bankruptcy, then you don't have to pay that anymore. No, that's not Michael. First of all, he's not a bankruptcy attorney. He's an estate planning and government assistance attorney. But also, um, he's someone who's just explaining what the rules are, even if they're hidden and people don't know about them. They're these little secret gems. Or it's based on new legislation that just came out, let's just say, a week ago on January 1st. This is what Michael does. This is what Michael has been doing for decades. And this is why you should attend his next workshop. In case you have an individual question about your circumstances, you should ask Michael in person. That next virtual workshop, virtual meaning online, not in person, is Thursday, January the 27th at 1 p.m. And Michael, you've been doing these for years and years and years. And tell us about the workshops and how people with government assistance, veterans benefit questions, or estate planning questions can enjoy these workshops. Yeah, um, what we do is we ask people what they want to know. Now, most people don't ask about the veterans benefits that we talked about here today. Most people ask about estate planning, about do I need a will, do I need a trust, do I need a power of attorney, what's the difference, should I need a both a power of attorney and a trust, do I need, uh, what about Medicaid, how can the government help pay for costs at a nursing home. You never know what somebody's going to ask, and each uh, workshop is different, so we just ask people what they want to know, and during those two hours, we not only answer questions, but we do have a presentation. Uh, usually, Veterans Benefits is actually not part of it, but if somebody asked about it, we would talk about it today. I just thought we hadn't talked about vet Veterans Benefits, and since the uh, rules just changed on the dollar amounts, is why we discussed this today. 
but basically we do um, have an estate planning presentation, and it's free. Uh, there's no obligations. Virtual, of course, during Omicron, uh, uh, you know, we, we're trying to be safe and until we get out of this, uh, out of the woods, which I hope will be in the near future, uh, then we're going to do it virtually by Zoom, uh, which if you've never done before, we give you instructions how to do it. It makes it very, very simple. It's just a click, uh, but we'll tell you exactly what you have to do. So if you're uh, technologically challenged like uh, so many of us are, uh, then don't worry about it. We will make it simple for you. Uh, to do that, all you have to do to attend that next free uh, estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is either call 214 214- 720-0102, that's 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com, that's DallasElderLawyer.com, and if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop on Thursday, January 27th at 1 o'clock, uh, then we also give you a free one-hour vision meeting to even go in further detail about your own situation, whatever your questions may be. Uh, a lot of times people just take advantage of that, and I just kind of say, yeah, you need to do this, that, or that, or I'll tell you if everything's okay, uh, and we just kind of, then we that's it. You know, there's didn't pay one cent. It's free. I just want to help you out. And, of course, though, on the other hand, if, uh, if there is something that you want us to do, we're glad to explain to you what things or what your options might be. Uh, but that that's really up to y'all. It's not. It's really not. It's it's no obligation. It's free. We impart friends. If you don't do anything, that's okay. I'm glad to uh, impart some knowledge on you to make your life better, uh, if we can. Uh, again, to attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, and perhaps the free vision meeting, as we call it. In other words, three free hours of legal education uh, and estate planning education. Uh, it, all you have to do is call that 214-720-102 number or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com for the workshop on January 27th at 10 o'clock. I cannot emphasize enough, and I've been doing this for years, and that is don't believe what you read on the Internet. Don't believe what someone told you over the holidays. Go to Michael's next workshop. He's an expert in these areas. No one knows it better than he does. No one's more on top of it than he. I don't have to sit next to him uh, like I haven't for the last two years and to watch him to see if he's reading during these programs. He's not. Straight from the head, he might have reference points, but everything you hear is straight from his mind because he's on top of this and reads about this every day of the week, basically. Now, Michael, um, I mentioned at the beginning of the program that things do change. Um, and I understand that um, S-189, the Veterans Compensation Cost of Living Adjustment Act of 21, was signed in October of this year. It provides a, a COLA for veterans' disability compensation and dependency and indemnity compensation beneficiaries equal to the Social Security COLA. So that was just a few months ago. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. First of all, as many people know that the COLA, especially for getting Social Security increased 5.9%. Mm. So so the benefits, and so there's different, you know, actually the program we're talking about today is not one of those programs. There's lots of, just like there's lots of Medicaid programs, there's different uh, veterans benefits programs as well. Mm-hmm. So the ones that you're talking about are, uh, you know, when you have a disabled veteran who was 
disabled uh, during wartime, during service, they have a 5.9% increase in the benefit that they were getting uh, based on that cost of living adjustment. By the way, uh, I should mention uh, switching gears just for a second because uh, just even this morning, uh, I was uh, doing uh, working on a couple different trusts and um, had nothing to do with public benefits, but just as an illustration of how the cost of living we often use in our state planning. So, for example, uh, on two things that we're doing, uh, we had these trusts with either a trust within a trust or a trust within a will, and uh, we said, okay, one child, we really can't, we don't really, we want to give them a certain, we feel like that as soon as they get the money, they're going to lose it. Uh, they're either a spendthrift or they're, uh, you know, they're get sued or uh, they, you know, they just are irresponsible for some reason. Uh, and so, so what sometimes uh, people do in their estate planning is they say, okay, I'm going to give my daughter $3,000 a month, but mm-hmm. $3,000 a month from a trust um well, what is $3,000 a month today versus 20 years from now? It's not going to be the same. So often we put down a cost of living adjustment or a consumer price index uh, amount attached to that. So th- so I, in the one I did today on this 3000 we said, okay, if it was somebody died, we look at the uh, consumer price index, what that cost of living adjustment might be. And so if it was 5.9% or I did it at 5%, uh, it then it is, an, is an example inside the trust. That meant mm-hmm. $3,150 that next year uh, per month. Then we compounded it so to, to get that to stay with the cost of living inside. So if you just had a dollar amount, you know, today's dollars are not going to be the same as it would be uh, years from now. Uh, so, uh, so otherwise, uh, we would be getting, in effect, less if I stayed at $3,000 a month. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, we have this cost of living adjustment. And right. it really even gets into uh, other things like Social Security and how they determine that, but that's for another show. Well, I appreciate that, and it's very all of it is very helpful. But, again, it can be complicated, um, especially if there's changes like that that just occurred a couple or two, three months ago, for that matter. So uh, to stay on top of this, to understand what you're entitled to legally, what, how you should uh, plan your estate, what kind of benefits you, sh- you should receive from the government, depending upon your circumstances, attend Michael's next workshop and let him answer those questions accurately and currently. That next workshop online virtually is Thursday, January the 27th at 1 o'clock. To sign up for that, just dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Bryce or someone will pick up and take your name, and they'll tell you a couple clicks, and you're there via Zoom. And you don't have to be seen during the workshop. You can just listen, and then Michael will go around the room after a mini-presentation, uh, the, the Zoom room, and ask questions. You can also go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for Cohen's Next Estate Planning Essentials Workshop. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Again, Happy New Year. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, 
Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.